Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're not familiar, you're not aware of what Alpha Metallica is, we're going through every single song of Metallica in order, in alphabetical order, and, you know, we're just discussing them. Like, a lot of these songs aren't discussed at all. I... I'm a huge fan of getting biographies of bands, and you go in the index, and you're like, oh my god, all the songs are listed, all the majority of songs, and you can turn to page 427, and maybe there's a sentence or two about some Bruce Springsteen track, or some Kings, I don't know, whatever band you're into, maybe there's a little bit there, and we're here trying to provide a little bit more, maybe a half an hour discussion or so of a song of yours that you've been interested in Metallica-wise. Today is no different. Today, we're tackling one of the boys' biggest songs, uh, one of the most <laughs> popular songs, quite a divine song though, I've uh, been talking to a few people about this, uh, a lot of people are hot on it a lot of people are cold on it, that is Harvester of Sorrow, and just before we get to the discussion, just before we get to my guest please follow the show at MetallicaPod get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you have any feedback on any of the songs you want me to read out an email, indeed if you want to come on the show and be a guest, I'd be happy to have you, we are fully booked for a long long time now, but there's still tons of stuff available at the end of 2019 early 2020 so uh hit me up i'll let you know what's there uh we've got the patreon if you want to give back to the show patreon.com forward slash alphatallica is there uh leave us a review on itunes subscribe comment all that stuff that i always mention but uh today we're joined by matt matt how's it going man good how are you tom i'm, I'm very well so uh you know best way to start how did you get into metallica matt oh so when i got into metallica i was in fifth grade um what do you call it um, I, I was kind of the outsider kid growing up, like really a big outsider kid. And, you know, like I was growing up where a lot of kids were listening to rap music and stuff like that. And I love rap music and stuff, but I remember like really finding Metallica and really feeling like, like, you know, like everyone says like Metallica is a family. And I really did feel that when I got into Metallica because like, it's so easy to be a Metallica fan where you could just there's endless videos on YouTube to go watch and stuff like that. So it was really easy for me as a kid. I would go come home from school and literally just open my computer, watch Metallica videos till I went to sleep. <laughs> what just concerts, videos, interviews, inundated with Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I was like literally I'm the type of person where I get obsessed with things and so that was one of my obsessions. It's just like just literally it was all started with uh cutting stunts. The Enter Sandman video yeah. from Cunning Stunts. That was watching that all the time. It was my first exposure to him. And then from there, Love Affair. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, I started playing drums because of Lars. Um, my aunt, she was a drummer, and she was storing her drum kit at my house in the garage. Hmm. And yeah, I was. It, it was that was quite after like I got into Metallica. Um, like maybe like a year of just liking the band and just being interested into it thinking like, oh, maybe I should try to play it. And then I remember like trying to play For Whom the Bell Tolls. <laughs> and that was the first song I tried to learn. Cause, and it's a good first song to yeah. learn because it's not that hard. On, on guitar on as well. Release. I think it's probably one of the easier Metallica songs. Apart from the oh, dun, yeah. dun, 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 like That can be quite hard on the digits. but Yeah, that yeah, that, it's all chromatic and straight mm. down. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's one of the, my favorite riffs of all time. That dun, uh, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that just goes so hard. Yeah. <laughs> When me and my friends jam, like, that's one of the riffs that we just love to play. It's just that riff. It just goes so hard. I love yeah, it. yeah. And Kirk's lead, the da na 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 Like, that's literally like a, a warm-up exercise, but melodically works so well over that minute. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah I, think, I think that uh, it adds 
it's like we always uh, like call it like a utility solo. Like it, it just adds some type of like kind of just sparkly kind of soaring lead over. I think it makes it sound like almost like elegant. Like we always say yeah. that like Metallica is elegant sounding and that's like like a test to it right there. It's like that just makes like Metallica sound elegant to me. I love that type of stuff. And, you know, Harvester of Sorrow, maybe not the most elegant track out there, uh, definitely has some DNA with Bells in that just sheer chunkiness uh, that, yeah. it, that it inhabits. But, um, yeah, let's get onto the song then. Uh, as I said before, I was quite surprised that, you know, a few people out there don't really dig the track. Uh, one of the things that I do before every episode is I refer to my vast library of Metallica books, in particular Mick Wall's Enter Night, which I think low-key is probably the best Metallica biography I've read, and I've read quite a few. Yeah, I've read it, yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a Kerrang journalist, he's of that stock. I really like Paul Brannigan and Ian Winwood's two-parter, Birth School Metallica Death, but I think it's almost a little too esoteric, it's a little too arch. They're trying to sort of see, not what isn't there, but they're a bit more interested in the money and whatever, whereas Mick is just giving you a real faithful play-by-play. Mm-hmm. And Mick, I love you. Mick calls Harvester boring and plodding. Yeah, I don't agree with no. that. I mean, I think, and another thing about the Mick Wall book, I love that book because uh, he had like personal anecdotes from his like, yeah, yeah, experiences yeah. with Lars. I love that book, just a side note. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he called it boring, and I can see how it, it maybe on the record it's boring, but live when you hear bum 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 that and then the crowd just you know that's yeah. that's like iconic to me i don't think that that's boring at all and i think no. that no. one that intro like you know the bum bum like that that if you were just an outside fan and you didn't know anything about metallica and you saw how that music affected affects that crowd you're going to be like, oh, my fucking God, like, what is this shit? Like, that is amazing. Like, I think that this is the opposite of boring. This, like, makes the crowd go insane. Yeah, yeah. Horribly plodding is what he says. That's the exact quote. And, yeah, I mean, if I – boring Metallica songs to me do two things that make them boring. They're either really, really long – Harvest is not even six minutes long, which is quite impressive. I think Harvester packs a lot of stuff in. And they repeat their riffs. They repeat their motifs. Metallica love to do this. They love to introduce a pre-bridge riff or a post-solo riff and then do it. And Mm -hmm. then James sings over it. This is very different. And I love the intro. The da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. As you say, it's just a a, a clatter. It's in media res. You're you're thrown into the narrative. And what do you make of the the riff, which at first we get the clean riff, then we get the heavier version. You know, the main half. I think it's, oh, it's so labyrinthian, riff, isn't it? Yeah, I think that riff is one of the greatest riffs of all time because mm. because because the way it changes. Okay, so it's it's the same riff. It starts out like the clean part, like you said, and then the only thing Hetfield does is he Paul mutes the the first two strings on the guitar, and they go bum bum bam, and that just totally changes the dynamic of the riff. And I think that that makes it like sound heavy, and that's like attest to how good of a riff it is is because it can have two different completely different feels it's really cool to me it really is it really is and i I, I love the way the song you know moves forward from this it's so satisfying like it's such a classic metal trick really having a clean riff and then just replicating it with heavy guitars and the drums coming to the forefront behind it oh the drums are like marching war drums they're very primal (laughs) you know they're fucking dope they're very distant (laughs) and like there's one snare hit that lars does he literally does one that you hear and it just makes the whole thing feel so cohesive and so aggressive i can't get enough 
enough of this intro. I have no idea how Mick could call this horribly plodding. I think this is one, of the, one of the most exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's one of, the, one of the best Metallica songs, Harvester of Sorrow. I know. Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely think so. Like, dude, the best Metallica songs to me are the ones that are the best live. And oh. if Harvester is live, the Moscow know, version of Harvester is. Oh my ever. god! Yeah, actually, um, before because I knew you know obviously newer is gonna do this episode, and I was watching just like uh, various performances and stuff, and I was watching the um, the thirtieth anniversary with Jason Newstead, mm. and you could tell that the Harvester is that guy's song because <laughs> dude, he loves to go hey hey, and I swear to God when when I was watching them, it just looked like he no time had passed at all, and he would just got it right back into it. It was really cool to watch. I love watching those. Yeah, yeah. The the Nemes version of this as well, which we covered with Joe Ca before, is a is a brilliant version. For me, it's it's you have the open chord, then you have the oh man, it's just yeah. so playful and evil sounding. It's such a fun riff, and yeah, it's just, it's, just oh, a crashing yeah. momentum to it. It's a real head nodder. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I I um. Maybe on the album version, I don't know if you've heard this, but like it real deep in the mix or in the intro, there's like a bit some type of sound effect. It's like a real, yeah, it's like you know a sort of swirly sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I noticed that and it gives it like some just like big sense of being real big and huge, you know, like. Sometimes in movies, you know, they'll do sound effects and you can only notice them when you'll have like a nice subwoofer and then mm. it's just like something big will pass by the screen. It'll be like a big rumble. And it kind of gives me that type of vibe where it just gives a big sense of space and hugeness. Like, I love that type of stuff. Yeah, it really does. It, it gives you more of an atmosphere, like the, the canvas spreading in front of you. And yeah. just, just just the way it all collects together, this is kind of otherworldly. It's so, so powerful. And the, the riff, it get, goes into an even stronger riff. You, if you listen to the song, you know what we're talking about. It just goes forward and goes forward. And then it, some of James's best vocals as well. I think the verse underneath him is brilliantly put together. And w- what do you make of the lyrics? Pretty disturbing, right? Yeah, I think it's... Uh... It's actually disturbing because I think about, you know, how James came from a broken home and stuff. Mm. And it, it does seem like it sounds like there's, you know, my life suffocates, planting seeds of hate. I love turn to hate, mm-hmm. trap far beyond my fate. I feel like uh, like it's basically from the perspective of a pissed off dad that yeah. is a toxic person, you know, and it seems like it's a family type of thing. It's like, uh, you know, been cheated of my youth, so maybe... You know, he he's with this lady and that for his youth and he probably doesn't like it at this point or something like that. It seems like yeah. a relationship gone sour to me. Yeah. In uh, in good old Mick Wall's book, yet again, uh, Lars actually speaks specifically about the lyrics. He says, quote, lyrically, the song is about someone who leads a very normal life, has a wife and three kids. And all of a sudden, one day he just snaps and starts killing the people around him. And then yeah. uh, <laughs> Mick, Mick puts a little bitchy comment in as well. And he says, if only the music is sounding even half as interesting. Damn it. Oh my Damn it. Like, I get I get how you can think like like maybe that is but the intro makes up for it, dude. Like and the the cool wrist in it, like I can get it. But dude, it's so big and weighty and oh I just I don't get how you can say that, man. No, no. I don't understand it either, but you know, we are all entitled to our own opinions. And I just wanna give a shout out to all the people on the Twitter as well, at Metallica Pod. Um, normally before an episode, sort of the morning before, I reach out and see what people think of the song. Got a lot of interesting opinions here from people. So um, shout out to shout out to Aiden who came on for the Cunning Stunts episode. He says one of the only Metallica songs I don't care for, kind of boring and drawn out. 
Aiden, it's your opinion. Phil says, wasn't the biggest fan of this one in the beginning, but enough time with the Moscow performance converted me. I love it now. <laughs> Brendan says it's the poppiest song on the album. So that says something. I, I, I suppose it does. And uh, Kevin Van Damme, great friend of the show, whose name uh, is Aya the Beer Holder, which I just love on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he says, um, <laughs> concurring with you, actually, Matt, this song requires Newstead's backing vocals. Um, yeah. Fred N saying probably the most brutal lyrics James has ever written. He mentions infanticide for god's sake and he he does and uh, the, the image a harvester of sorrow it's kind of a cliched metal 80s image but there's something quite powerful and disturbing about that yeah I, like harvester of sorrow like i i, I remember james was talking about how like um, part of his writing process was coming up with song titles like i remember how he said he wrote master puppets he's like all right, Master Puppets, what does that even mean? Mm. And I feel like maybe Harvester of Sorrow it comes from that same idea. Maybe like he, yeah. he that was like the title, like, oh, because it sounds cool, dude. Like when you hear Harvester of Sorrow, like what does that even mean? That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, but you, like, har- you, har- you harvest crops, not emotion. Yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. kind of cool. Mm. Yeah. So I feel like maybe he wrote the wrote like the title before that and then, you know, wrote lyrics according to the title. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, I do. I And um. What would you make of the chorus then, as we hear language of the mad sort of twisting in the back speaker? Oh, I think, I don't know. I think that it's, that's kind of just part of like Justice's themes. Like mm-hmm. Justice is really just kind of like fucked up. Like yeah. Freight ends of sanity. Like there's a lot more mental anguish in, in Justice than there is in the other albums, I feel like. So I feel like that's just kind of going along with that like whole theme of just like being mentally fucked <laughs> yeah 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 and uh, again hepfield is a master of starting verses with with powerful ideas i love pure black looking clear so it feels like the antithesis really you know uh, pure black and clear but his mind state now is on a different railing my work is done soon here Tr- and drink up shoot in let the beatings begin distributor of yeah. pain it's just onslaught. You, know, you know one of the things i notice is um live when he says well in um in seattle the seattle 89 performance when he says shoot in he acts like he's shooting in heroin or right. something so okay. maybe maybe this is like a drug-induced you know rampage or something maybe, so i don't yeah. know he's done the same thing with fuel I think he does that on cunning stunts, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, he, he hits his veins, so maybe that's just something he does like. But yeah, I, I, you know, I could definitely see that. And um, I'm going to be a bit contrary to how I normally am on the show. I, I quite like Kirk's solo in the sense that it's a justice solo, so don't expect the sort of guitar hero theatrics. It's going to be quite obscure. There's a lot of odd note choices. It's, it's yeah. lingering. It, it's quite dissonant and menacing, I think. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, like what you said, it's not. It doesn't really like. It's very short. I feel like it, mm. it's very short, and it it um the the beginning you know like that part yeah. like the beginning. I think that really hooks you in, and like you said, it goes along with that kind of menacing, creepy vibe. Yeah, I think it serves the song really well. Maybe I wish it was a little bit longer, but I mean, yeah, I definitely think what he did do served the song well. I yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as we come out the solo, uh, there's that brief pause. And shout out to Tom Dean on Twitter. He says, love the pause. Longer the better. Uh, Moscow yeah. on year and a half is the gold standard. And it really is because it's quite, I mean, just as an album, as we've always said, is very suffocating, you know, very claustrophobic. And just that brief reprise that we have, uh, you know, sets up for the end of bit of the song. And, uh, you know, less the solo for me in terms of the guitar playing. I just love the harmonies. I love the, the weird spaces that James and Kirk can have. It's really gnarly. Isn't it? Like, you know, it's quite yeah. Like, yeah. 
yeah um another thing about the pause too is that that just goes to show you like how tight and like how much of a bond that metallica has as a band because mm. i remember like during the snm stuff they said that the hardest thing about doing that was that they couldn't just feel it out and and you know go for like stuff and you could tell that like the pause they're not like counting that shit in they just like feel it and that's like I love how that's cool. Uh, that's so cool to me because, like, they just have so much chemistry as a band. And, like, yeah, what you said, the harmonies, I think the harmonies at the end do make up for the, the like, the lack of, like, a longer solo. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think th I love the harmonies. And I think that they're real cool how they go, like, um, like, that real, like, kind of bump, like, that pumping yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. real rhythm. I love that. Yeah. Until cool. the false end, and then they play it again, and then come yeah, back in with the pause. Yeah, that's oh yeah, that's yeah. so cool. That's, I get, I guess that's kind of why I like a lot of Death Magnetic. It feels very justicey to me in the time yeah. changes, in the in the sequencing. It's not too straightforward. And again, as I said before, Metallica aren't embellishing anything. They aren't really repeating anything. Like when we hear that line, that no, 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 and the riff comes in pretty much a beat, two beats after. I don't know the nomenclature there. Whereas <laughs> I think. In hardwired, they'd let that they'd let that stew for a little bit longer, you know, maybe in Death Magnetic as well. But here, it's a bit more clean, it's a bit more precise. And this was the, I guess, this was the lead single off Justice. And yeah. um, according to Mick, uh, it reached number twenty in the UK charts. This is probably down to the by now huge Metallica fan base that was ready to buy whatever the band did next. And apparently, he says the variety of formats that they were able able to record in. So it's recorded on you know many different uh, renditions there. But yeah, love this track. What do you make of the end of the track where the arpeggio comes back over the riffing? To me, I like it. To me. It, it's mixed a little badly. It sounds a little crude. I don't know if that's the point. What part here? Mouth the part to me. I'm, I'm, you know, like I, you know, really... you know the main riff that opens it, the clean riff. Uh, oh, as yeah, as the song's ending, that clean riff returns. As we're sort of oh yeah 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 at, yeah. Know, yeah. Now yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I think I think that that's just like a test to like how. That's why I love about Metallica is that they they'll introduce you an idea and then they can figure out how to use the idea so many times and oh, they're yeah. so cohesive and like. That's just literally just like them kind of to me. It's just like them flexing, being like, "Look how fucking cool and like like smart we are." Just like when I listen to that type of shit, I'm just like, "How did they come up with that type of?" You know, it's just it's really cool to me just to think about like how they came up with that type of thing. You know? Yeah, compositionally, they're always interesting, yeah. and and Lars is no doubt you know part of the yeah. brains uh, behind that. But yeah, James just sounds so anguished on this track over that locomotive riff. Um, I, I, I love love this song. Definitely one of my highlights on Harvester. Um, yeah. any, anything more to say on it, Matt? Um, I mean, not really. I just, I mean, to think about like the one of the things that I noticed is that like this song is kind of like like a cousin or like one of their songwriting habits that they do is um in like Atlas Rise they'll have the the intro you know bam ba ba bam bam ba ba bam bam mm -hmm. you know and then they kind of take that piece and will put it in transitions throughout the song and i kind of noticed they do that with the beginning of um with harvester they kind of do the bad and then down you know they kind of do mm -hmm. well they kind of do that throughout the song and then um right before the solo you can notice that lars he plays it on the drums, um, but they don't play it on the guitar. Uh, if you, you can go back and listen to it, I noticed that today. And it's kind of cool how they just imply that type of thing. Just like that's why I said it. it just makes it so cohesive, you know? Yeah, it's it, just, really, it's it really cool does. It really does. It's uh, a terrific track. And if yeah. you're more than the Mick Wall camp, I understand that. Let us know down below in the comments. 
you know, get at me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, um, at MetallicaPod, as always, the Patreon is there, the iTunes is there, all that sort of stuff. Um, we'll close up with a few quick-fire questions, Matt, and uh, the first one being, what is your favourite Metallica song in general? Oh, my favourite Metallica song is, it's probably um, just like one of their, like, super fast thrashers, so mm. probably Damage Incorporated. Oh, just my cause... God. You know, just nothing so can touch fire. it. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> you know? that, that song, I've always loved that song, but doing it for the show made me appreciate, and it annoyed me because I'd already done my top 10 Metallica guitar solos beforehand. Damaging guitar solo is one of Kirk's absolute best. I know. Nothing can touch that. Yeah. I mean, like, the His ba- best I, use of what ever in a song, ever. Yeah. It's yeah. just, I, I can't believe that. Just like I said, I can't believe they came up with something like that. It's just insane. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you've heard the... Uh, Metallic Master of Puppets box set that they did recently, um, but it's on Spotify and I've been listening to it now and then. And there's copies of James's riff tape, and you can. Yo, hear... I, I listened. You to heard that? Yeah. Oh, I the damaging those. stuff. Those is... to me. Na 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 na, and just oh, just hear it is the raw yeah, force. Wah, na, 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 na. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love the wah na na tapes. Yeah. He, he actually, that's that's another cool way how he writes the lyrics too. He kind of gets the phrasing down with the wah na na's. Yeah. And we'll fill in the blanks. That's cool to me. Yeah, like it is that. cool. Yeah. I wonder how many songwriters actually do that, doing the melody first. Maybe it's more common than we think. But um, you your favorite album of the band oh um probably master puppets just because it's just like the perfect storm of everything you know you know it's just yeah it is is perfect yeah in my eyes apart from the thing that should not be that's the only marker against it in my eyes yeah me too i i agree like i don't think this thing is like the best but it's just overly long I think yeah. that, which is an issue I, I tend to have with a lot of tracks on there. A lot of people think Left Messiah is the weak track, but I think Left Messiah is way, oh, no. way better the, than the back thing. half, dude. Oh my oh. goodness. What? I remember shit. before I used to skip it when I was a kid, when I was like in fifth grade trying to listen to Metallica. I remember I used to skip that. And then for the first time, I was in uh, I was in my mom's car and she was, you know, probably doing she was in the grocery store doing something. I cranked it. And I remember hearing the end of that. And it was just like, oh, my God, the drumming, because I was a drummer at the time that like the the, um, the gallops on the kick drums that just like made me like oh gosh as a little yeah. kid i swear to god <laughs> i love stuff like that yeah i, yeah, I know exactly the part you were talking about and uh yeah f- favorite member oh favorite member um it's honestly it's tied between lars and james because i think lars like everyone says you know like lars isn't the best drummer and stuff but i think lars is way more than a drummer than he's way more like of a, like than a drummer than he is of anything else like i think like oh no 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 I'm sorry. I meant to say, like, he does more than just drumming. Like, mm-hmm. I think that he, um, like, Metallica wouldn't be, he, he's way, like, super talkative, and, like, he does all the interviews, and I feel like that, like, Metallica would not be as big without him. So I feel like Lars is, like, the reason why they're big, and then Hetfield is kind of, like, the talent. So I feel like Hetfield is, like, cool in that way, because he's kind of the source, but Lars is kind of, like, the, he kind of is, like, the one that, puts it all to paper and kind of gets it going so i think that lars is cool too he's like the doer of the group yeah yeah he's you know? the he's the engine of metallica i think yeah yeah, yeah. he's kind of like yeah the big organizer doer the, <laughs> the general of metallica he's yeah. the harvester <laughs> of metallica <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so uh, a final question which i'm excited to ask because i already know the answer because we've kind of discussed it um yeah. if you were to make a podcast about a band like metallica what's a band you could do it on what's a band you'd like to do it on Oh, the great! Oh, everyone's favorite band besides Metallica, <laughs> uh, Megadeth. Let's uh, go! I, yeah, 
I want to do a Megadeth podcast, but um, like I, I think I told you about this almost like probably a year ago. A little we while ago, yeah. You emailed me a little while ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, because I, the the way I've listened to music, I swear to God, I've listened to Metallica for a very long time, and I've got the way I started listening to Megadeth was just being burnt out on Metallica. I was just like, all right, like I've listened to Metallica, you know, a thousand times, and I know that Megadeth was going to be good, so I, I checked it out. And to be honest, I did not like Megadeth at first. It mm. really had to grow on me. Like, and that's why I tell people like, and Megadeth's one of my favorite bands now. Like, I I literally hate, so hated some of the songs off "Killing Is My Business," and now "Killing Is My Business" is probably one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, really? I swear to God, yeah. Or, and especially since they just released the the final kill version where it's all updated. Right. Like, yeah, that solidified it for me. I love Killing Is My Business. I think it's super original. What you're hearing is Mustaine being pissed off. Like, it's just cool to me. I, I think it's super inspired music, and I love it. But, yeah, um, I just didn't want to come from, like, a point of ignorance, you know, because I literally probably – I've been listening to Megadeth probably for, like, a year and a half, but, like, binging it, not just, like, casually. Like, literally mm. been binge, binging the hell out of Megadeth. So, um, so, yeah, I just it's going to happen I, one day because I think that would be brilliant. We need to have a Megadeth podcast out there. I think you'd be great at it, Oh, man. yeah. Yeah, I, I want to do it soon, especially, you know, since I'm talking about it in public now. I kind of, I'm yeah, the pressure's on now. But, yeah, but um, but what do you call it? Um, yeah, I've read the uh, the Mustaine book, and there's there's a lot of stuff that you can learn. And then that, that's one of the other things I said, uh, was saying earlier is that it's so easy to be a Metallica fan. It's actually kind of hard to be a Megadeth fan because there's not a lot of things out there to, to go look at. Like, I know Elson has a book. I'm going to actually order that pretty soon. Oh, does but, he? Um, that's cool. Yeah, it's called My Life with Death. It's like a memoir. Okay. And, uh, yeah – so I'm really looking, and there's plus there's like a bunch of members too. So there's many different stories. Oh my stories. god, yeah, you, yeah. That that would be really interesting actually. And I mean, get me on, like especially if you ever do anything on Rust in Peace or Euthanasia, I, yeah, or, or a Marty, oh Marty Friedman episode like on there. Like I worship Marty Friedman. I, I I've said before the guitar solo to Tornado of Souls is better than anything Kirk's ever written. You think so? I do. I, I do think know, so. Man. A lot of people gave me hate for that. I don't know. I feel like uh, I, okay. I feel like Unforgiven is better solo. Like okay. I feel like he snaps hard on Unforgiven. It's though. a it's a rock star solo. It's a good solo, but it's kind of a Hollywood yeah. solo. I, I I feel okay. I get you on that, but it's just oh, it's so big and oh, I don't know. It's I fire. Just love it's the way fire. It yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. I feel like yeah. Tornado of Souls is just like yeah. It's the I think it's Marty's playing coming to fruition and just like literally. Like that's his style, and that only person that can do that is him, and I, that's why I love the tornado solo. It's just because it's totally just Marty Friedman, like at his best, yeah. and that's why I love about that one. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's been my favorite guitar solo for like ten years now. I remember when I first heard it, and he was just like, "This is like nothing I've ever heard before." So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, people go out, listen to Tornado Souls, hate me if you want, disagree with me. Check out Matt's uh, Megadeth podcast that will hopefully be happening in the near future. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess, finally, anything to promo? How do people get at? you twitter or anything like that um i mean i have instagram mm -hmm. um i mean yeah if you want to get at me i'm uh, just find me matt bird yeah matt bird okay yeah um yeah and uh you can get at us as well at metallicpod metallicpod at gmail.com this has been great matt thank you very much again right. for coming on man thanks bro i appreciate it thanks for having me on <laughs>